All right, guys. So welcome to Finding Balance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Mesa. So today we got a special guest, Diego Day. He's a man who's inspiring young men um, to just pursue uh, risk, to chase failure, but failure for the for, for the results that it brings, which is moving forward, progression, and uh, just living a better life. So what's up, Diego? Nah, I've never been introduced like that, but I, I, it's happy and refreshing to to have someone that understands the psychology behind, ironically, the psychology behind everything I do. Um, and the word risk plays a big part of that because risk tends to be um, within uncomfortability and uncomfortability for me is the biggest provider of growth to a man. So uh, yeah, not diving into it too quickly, but it was uh, it was a good introduction. No, that's that's really what I got from your content, right? I know at face value, a lot of it is the pursuit of women, right? And the pursuit of this, uh, not necessarily the pickup line, but the approach. And how do I talk without having that fear? Because a lot of dudes are just scared, right? They're scared. They see a girl from across the way and they try to make eye contact maybe, but then they're avoidant at the end of the day. And it's up to us as men to be hunters, to approach, to pursue. And so we've lost that. We've lost that. I don't know if it's because we're hiding behind the screen or if it's because of the keyboard that's in front of us, but uh, we we don't take that step to take that initiative and say, "Hey, you're beautiful." It's that simple, right? Right, right. There's there's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of things and a lot of reasoning behind it. But the, the screen is definitely one of them. When you're behind a screen, as you said, you are hiding, so you're completely comfortable. You cannot. You're, you're not actually putting yourself in a vulnerable situation ever, unless you're sending something crazy or putting something into the into the online world that you shouldn't. But generally, if you're messaging a girl with, with a message, hey, hi, how are you, whatever, you're not putting yourself in a vulnerable situation where you personally feel that rejection, that failure. And when you're doing that in person, you are. But guys are super scared of that. Instead of embracing it and understanding that that is the direction to growth, they will uh, continue to hide in, in their comfort. It's all about comfort zones and where a man feels comfortable. And that's why now in this world, we have a, a society of generally weak men because we're all incredibly comfortable because technology is designed to make our lives easier and comfortable. Now, there's two ways you can look at that. You can look at that in a way where using technology in your advantage so you can spend more of your time efficiently, or you can use that to say technology can make my life very relaxing, very easy, and uh, not not challenging whatsoever. And more people have taken that route, unfortunately. Yeah. What I guess let's rewind a little bit. Where did this begin for you? Where did this journey start where you wanted to start speaking to men and telling them, hey, pursue this? Where did that come from? Yeah, luckily, I've always been an actionist. And it's the reason that I have the skill set that I have to this day. Because every time I've wanted to do something, I've just gone and done it. I haven't talked about it, again, ironically, on a podcast. Um, and I've just done it. And that was the start of my my social media journey, if you like, was just doing something that I knew I was good at. And I understood the power of social media because I worked behind the scenes on social media. And I thought, um, what is there to lose from me putting this out into the world? I didn't even understand the extent of psychology behind talking to girls. I understood the extent of the psychology of putting yourself outside your comfort zone. Mm. But I just talked to girls over and over again. And then I thought, wow, this is crazy. Some guys started asking me, how do you do it? I went, how do I do it? Why do I do it? Wait a minute. There's a shit ton of psychology behind this. And um, guys are incredibly mentally weak. But the reason I started is because I'm an outgoing person. I like the camera and 
one plus one equals two. A hundred percent. I'm going to take a quick second. If you want to follow him, a lot of people do this at the end of a podcast. I think it's necessary to do it at the beginning. People check out at Diego Day uh, is your handle on Instagram. Any other handles you want to put out there? Nah, if you know me, you know me. <laughs> I got you. Um, my name is Dr. Adrian Mesa. My podcast is at Finding Balance Podcast. My practice is at AMP Mental Health, um, where we just try to bring mental health uh, across the state of Florida, but eventually nationwide. That was my plug. I mean, it's, it's needed more in uh, Florida than anywhere. <laughs> oh, really? Why do you say that? Man, you're living in a completely fake society, so uh, it's incredibly important. Incredibly important. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, Unfortunately, Miami is kind of known for being superficial, for glitz, for glamour, for for just being very showy. Um, and it takes a little while to find people who are very real, vulnerable, transparent, and just showing showing you who they really are. Um, people who are not just trying to pursue you for secondary gain, but really care about you as a human being. Um, and it, it's just, that's the honest truth. Yeah, I, I feel like in places like this, there's always an ulterior motive in the back pocket. Whether that becomes lesser as you get to know someone, maybe, but uh, are you ever going to have a real relationship with a person whose instantaneous intentions weren't great? I don't know. They say the 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 biggest lead, and you'll know this more than me, they say the biggest lead to depression is a lack of purpose, mm. um, especially for a man. I think that would be up there. And in uh, in Miami where everything's fake you don't have a real life um purified purpose uh i haven't lived there i'm speaking as an outsider i'm gotcha. speaking as a as an illiterate in this uh in this sense so i'm, I'm so I'm, don't be offended out there all my miami people <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you can you can open my eyes to it more as well yeah i think i think it's just a matter of finding the right communities right i, I think you mentioned um a lack of purpose but i think it's a lack of connection where a lot of people run into depression um, people get become isolated. Again, we we are you and I both live in this world of of uh, the social network, but the social network kind of connects us, but not really. Sending fire emojis to people and clapping hands and one hundreds doesn't necessarily establish a connection between two human beings. It has to be much deeper than that. That's that's extremely superficial. So, I think it's really important. Honestly, this has become my life hack where I can sit down with a stranger like you, where it's like, oh, I want to see what this dude is really about. And I can sit down and have an hour or two hour conversation with a perfect stranger. And both of us leave here having imparted something on one another. I mean, sure, we might get a couple followers here and there, but this isn't for that. This is honestly for me. And it's kind of weird if you think about it, that I need to use this to draw certain people in. But that's just the reality of the world we live in today. And it's okay. So I, I will use that in the positive light. It's also very interesting you say that because I do what I do and I enjoy doing what I do for the interaction that I have on a human level. Yeah. But then I'm encouraging people to be on their phones watching it, right? So yeah. it's, it's really crazy. My purpose and, and my start mode for doing everything that I do was because I love talking to people and that's what people don't understand when they ask me, what is Riz? Where did you get Riz? Why did you have Riz? Yeah. It's just the way I communicate with people. It's the energy I give off. It's the comfortability I give to the 80-year-old woman that sits next to me on the plane or the 40-year-old bus driver that's having a bad day or the beautiful 21-year-old woman that wants to speak to me. Yeah. They all feel comfortable around me because I have a warm energy. And that is my um, version, not definition, but version of of Riz. So it's, it's interesting that we're doing stuff 
in person and we really enjoy it. Yeah. So the other people can sit behind their phones and watch it. But in the same in the same breath, we're also inspiring those people to do those same things themselves if like you were talking about outside, if they take action. So now the question is what stops people from taking action? Fear of rejection, fear of failure. Uh both words that just have bad connotations and you're going to get me spiraling into the whole um <laughs> agreements that we have in our brains you've read the four agreements yes i have the whole agreements that we have in our brains uh, about growing up and how one word means one thing and one word means another and where some words have bad connotations one of my biggest one of my pet hates is manipulation and mm. how bad of a connotation it has in a word mm. where manipulation is happening on a human level like every day every interaction i literally now when i meet you want you to try and understand that i'm a good man so I'm going to use my manipulative power mm -hmm. and my words and whatever I need to do for you to believe that. Whether it's 100% pure, 100% true, or 98%, there's some manipulation that's going on within that. Failure, rejection, that, that's part of it. And it's not on some inspirational shit where we're coming in and be like, guys, like failure's great. And <laughs> you have to fail a million times. And Michael Jordan missed 7,500 so billion shots before he got his first slam dunk and Messi was on drugs because he was so <laughs> small. And it's not that shit. Yeah. It's a very simple equation that when you fail in something, whether you like it or not, you're going to take a lesson from it. Yeah. The more intelligent people will take a really important and positive lesson. The slightly less intellectuals will also take a lesson of some sort. They might go back into a cave, but they will take a lesson. And that's just fact. Mm -hmm. um, and the more you can do that, it's not even saying that the less you're going to fail, the more you're going to embrace the failure, the more you're going to love the fail, the more you're going to get the hype of the fail and the stronger you'll become as, as a man and the more emotionally in control and uh, and resilient you'll become as a human being. But isn't, they tell us to embrace the process and trust the process, et cetera, et cetera. But the process does involve a lot of failures along the way. Um, but it's not like an all or nothing, right? Because at least here at school in the United States, when you fail, you're done, right? It's a zero. But in life, when you fail, you don't get held back. You have the opportunity to continue to move forward. And I think that's where the a lot of the disconnect for me, I think, happens begins in elementary school where kids are just taught that failure is this evil thing. And I think we need to teach kids from a very young age, like, hey, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. But just don't give up. Get back up. Go again. Yeah, but mine's not even trust the process. I hate that. What do you mean trust the process? <laughs> trust yourself. Yeah, trust yourself. Trust yourself. And that's, and that's, but don't trust the process. Don't have faith in your life. Don't hope for, for oh, I'm going to fail this time. But one day it will happen for me. No, one day you're going to make it happen. Because when you continuously punch a door, no matter how much your fist fucking hurts, at some point, whether that door's made out of steel or whether it's made out of paper, at some point it's going to dent, it's going to start to break, it's going to start to corrode, and you're going to get a way through it. Trust the process, have faith, the universe will bring it to you, all this shit, just do it. You have to actively do something. And this, this is essentially what I do, is show people taking action on something rather than typing on social media, rather than talking to your friends. Because the normal, when you walk past a beautiful girl, is looking over to your best mate, Johnny, and going, Johnny, she was fucking fire. You see it, oh, you see that? <laughs> so do something about it. Yeah. Like don't, Johnny don't give a fuck. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and Johnny's not gonna Brian. do anything either. Johnny's, not, Johnny's gonna laugh at you. Yeah. And be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so you, you gotta take action on anything. So what do you think? Um, 
so we're talking about trusting the process. So what is it that forces you to to move forward? Like forget trust the process. What what encourages you to move forward? What choice do you have? You're gonna move backwards. You're gonna stand still. What, what, a, what, a lot of people do. What then? Then fuck it. You're gonna die standing still. <laughs> it's for me. It's very much of a case of what choice do you fucking have? Realistically, um, I always say life's like a running race, a long, never-ending, beautiful running race. Um, with different scenery, different um, inclines, different terrains. However, the minute you stand still in anything, and this even goes for sleeping. Now, I'm not not saying don't sleep, of mm. course, but it even goes for sleeping. The world's running on a cycle and people are nonstop moving forwards or standing still or even sometimes moving backwards. The minute you stand still, there's someone else in the world that was on a par with you that is now overtaking you. And I use that as, as kind of psychological motivation that the second I stand still, someone's overtaking me in this life on this race to the top or in this race to, to be the best version of ourselves we can. Um, and again, I'm not saying mistreat your rest and mistreat the time you need to recover because when we're performing, we need to be performing at a, at a good level. But generally, as soon as you stand still, people are overtaking you. And uh, when people are overtaking you, you're just a bitch at that point, you know? You're just getting like uh, rinsed. And I prefer to be moving forward and, and overtaking other people. That's just my mindset. If your mindset's not built like that, I'm no one to tell you to change your change the way you, you think and, and change your level of contentness. I'm just here to tell you that overtaking people's way better than being overtaken. Yeah, I agree. I just, I guess I look at it a little bit differently where I'm constantly challenge, challenging me. It's always me versus me. And the reason being like, I don't got... I don't have time to look around at what somebody else is doing. And I, I see what you're saying, but I don't have time to, to start comparing myself to the dude down the road because he's living a different life and he's running a different race. Um, his chase is completely different. His hunt is completely different. And I know that what I'm pursuing, a lot of it has to do with me overcoming my own laziness, my own lack of education or lack or, or ignorance, my, my lack of desire. Uh, I got to overcome that in myself before I worry about what the fuck anybody else around me is doing. Yeah, 100%. Self-improvement is is overlooked an incredible amount. And that's my biggest piece of advice when guys come to me talking about girls. I say, you got to be at the level you want to be at first before you're allowing girls into your life. Because if you're getting psychologically damaged by women when you're not a level of psychological stability, it's going to hurt you. So you bring a valid point. I guess it's the sportsman in me. That is yeah, very you want to competitive. Compete. Yeah. And I'm always... Uh, I'm always also focusing and challenging myself. I have a rule that I, I become uncomfortable every single day at one point in some time. Sometimes I have to be more creative to find a way to put myself in uncomfortable mm -hmm. positions. Sometimes I can uh, I can do it a bit more a bit more easy. Um, however, I like to like to push myself and and make sure that everyone else knows knows who's the G. I got you. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the Riz or Quantum Rizics, as you call it. Quantum Rizics 2.0. Tell me a little bit about this program that you have set up. I, I went through it on your website um, and I just wanted to know a little bit more about it because I saw it was like it was mental, physical, psychological. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so you're a professor. I'm a professor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just profess in, uh, in different things. Um, now we're preaching the same language, man. That's why I wanted to hear yeah, it from yeah. you. And it's, it's, it's funny you said that as well. I haven't talked so much about, um, and it's super, super, super important that people understand this, that quantum risics, it has a lot of different segments. And as I've just said to you, it starts off with complete and utter self-value and self-improvement. It's a place where, now quantum risics is an absolutely genius name. 
I love it. However, it's a place where people can actually understand the psychology behind Ridge, which starts completely and utterly with self-value, self-respect, so self-improvement. Me, me, I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupt you. Talk to me about what is your definition of Riz? Riz all in all, I didn't invent the word. I had a big influence on the word, and I don't know if you've seen very recently, Riz has been named as word of the year in uh, England and added to the Oxford Dictionary. No, I did not know that. That's awesome. Completely factual. And I, I truly believe I played a huge part in that. Um, Riz, as uh, Mr. Sanat and also the internet declared it, was um, essentially getting a girl that doesn't like you or instantaneously wouldn't be necessarily hugely attracted to you to become attracted to you and 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 to like you eventually so maybe securing the digits of a girl that didn't initially like you my take of that and my spin of that is 100 energy energy comes from everything you put inside yourself everything you give to yourself everything you surround yourself with which relates back to the self-improvement it's, it's crazy how you can dissect something like riz yeah. something that's so socially playable riz you got riz you yeah. got riz what the fuck is riz what the fuck is everything? Everything has a huge, huge explanation. And uh, excuse my swearing, by the way. Have no, a, please, have, by have all a mouth. Um, but yeah, it uh, it essentially all, all goes back to self-improvement, which is what quantum resistance is. It's, it's men having an, an access and a community to a place where they can be all round incredible human beings and pushing themselves to be uncomfortable. But also what I do is I feel like I provide a place where the truth is very important, where we don't need to take things to absolute extremes. And we can we can work, even though I like to think that I'm kind of superhuman, we can work on a level of realism and um, accuracy because I think it's important for guys to understand before they get to a point where they feel like superhumans that this shit is achievable at a human ground level and then you start to build your stages and then you start to feel like a fucking boss and uh, and, and you start to feel dangerous and you start to feel lively and in a place where where you can really take on anything and, that, and i think that's the aim psychological freedom where you can you can just feel like you can take on anything you trust yourself to take on challenges and to put yourself in, in situations it's super important so walk me through a little bit say i i am a weak dude i am isolating myself i got nothing going on in my life and i i approach you and i say hey how can you make me more confident how can i develop this quote-unquote riz that you're talking about Implementation. It's a whole lot of implementation, but I say there's a learning process of, of, of four things. The first one is understanding. You have to understand yourself, which means being completely honest with yourself, which we have a huge problem with. We're all in incredible denial. The point is, when we start to realize this world of social media is a complete facade and people are incredibly imperfect, incredibly imperfect in every essence, um, that's the first stage, to understand yourself and understand where your weaknesses lies. Then you begin to build a foundation, which is my second phase to every uh, implementation that you wanna take in your life. When you build a foundation to something, it's about it's about taking number one, the understanding, and then planning something appropriately for you and learning how to take accountability for things. So when you plan something, people like to plan, right? I'm going to the gym tomorrow. Going gym tomorrow, training legs. That's not a plan. Mm. That means that I can physically go to the gym, leave the gym, do one set of squats, a couple of squat extensions, two hamstring curls, and I've completed my plan. Mm. When you start to dissect a plan, it allows you to take accountability. I hate planning. I fucking hate it. But 
when you allow yourself to take exact accountability and when I plan for 17 and a half minutes in the sauna and at 16 minutes I'm getting tired instead of saying I've done the sauna I can say I haven't completed what I wanted to complete at 17 and a half minutes why 17 and a half I don't know I usually do 15 or 20 um so after the foundation phase you've got the action phase you need to take action on whatever it is you've understood and whatever it is you've planned when you take action on something you need to have a reaction to that which is some kind of um, comprehensive understanding, conclusion, whatever it is to that. And also taking accountability. So, so, so important. Where you went wrong, where you failed, where you succeeded also, where you were strong, where you were weak, and uh, where you can perform anything better. And then you go back to kind of the first stage where you understand during the reaction what went well, what went bad, where you are as a man. You plan again, you attack, you attack, you attack, and you just go from action, reaction, action, reaction, and uh, and grow yourself as a man. Yeah, I, I think yeah. one of the biggest things that I've learned from seeing patients for almost 10 years now, or more than 10 years actually, is the lack of insight that you mentioned. A lot of people have a lot of issues going on in their life in and around them, whether it's interpersonal conflicts, job loss, um, constant failures, uh, just setback after setback. And they constantly blame the world around them for everything that has happened without taking any time to look in the mirror and say, wait, what was my responsibility in this failed relationship? Because if you don't do that, you can't really move forward. You can't, you can't progress. So what are we doing? I guess what, does, what can you teach somebody about, I guess, taking accountability in your own actions and having some insight to look in the mirror and say, I fucked up. I need to just take accountability so I can move forward, so I can learn from it. I've got a short answer for you. Go for it. I never have a short answer. (laughs) Very simple. No fucking excuses ever. I have a, I have a rule in life and it's a, it's a pretty crazy rule. Uh, I'd say like 95% of people can't fathom it. Can't understand it. My rule is every single thing is your fault. Everything. If you have an, an old man that comes behind you in the street and he just punches you in the back of the head, no reason. You, you don't even see him coming. It's your fault. Every, I, I'm a true believer. Every single thing you must take responsibility for. You have to because you're in co- complete control of your life. And where we lay things off and excuses, you argue with someone. You even see people apologize. I'm sorry, but it's not an apology. 100% accountability, responsibility. is The only way you will move forward and be an extremely strong and valuable man. Where we we look for excuses so much is to give ourselves that kind of uh, that kind of layoff, that happiness, that kind of the peace, mm. the fake peace. But it's it's all lies. It's all fake. It's all a facade. Um, I'll give you an example. I I uh, had my my apartment robbed in in Mexico the other week. I left early in the morning. My my boy was sleeping in in the other room, and uh, they walked straight through the front door, took my stuff, left out. I came home and the minute I, I got home and I found it, first of all, I was laughing within 30 seconds. I found it hilarious. Not a great problem. Condolences to anyone getting robbed out there. Not great. <laughs> first of all, what the fuck am I going to do about it? Yeah. I'm going to go call the Mexican police <laughs> and do yeah. what? Second of all, I failed to lock the door. I failed to put my laptop in a, in a safe place. I failed to put find my Mac on my MacBook. All these things that I failed to do before I'm looking at some guy called fucking Julio that took my took my shit, mm-hmm. it's not his fault. It's completely and utterly my fault. I literally alley-ooped him to kill me. Mm. Um, it's, it's just an example I have. No excuses ever at all. Everything is on you. You have to take that accountability in your life. No, I love that. 
one of the main places that I see people not taking accountability is, and I'm sure your demographic is a little bit younger because I'm I'm talking about parents after they've gone through a divorce and now there's a struggle with the, with the child in the middle, and they're constantly blaming one another for what's going on with the kid, um, or for what's going on in the relationship, but they never take a second to look at themselves and look inward. So it's funny to say every single thing is your fault because I think if we did go into it thinking that way a lot of people would say, wow, what can I resolve within myself before I place blame on the other person? And that would solve so fucking much because... Suddenly you have two stable people within a marriage and suddenly you don't have a fucking divorce and suddenly you have people with real relationships. Uh, it's also the problem now. People with like the aren't, aren't self-accountable, aren't responsible and aren't okay with themselves are getting in relationships with someone else who has that same mindset. So it's just uh, it's like it's like driving a, a car without a steering wheel. It's, not gonna happen. Yeah, it's going nowhere. I want to rewind for a second. I was in New York City this uh, past week, and there was a Santa Claus on a Segway. And he approached us all of a sudden, and he's like, oh, do you want to buy these Comedy Central tickets for this show? And I was like, oh, cool, let me see the show. And then he was like, oh, but you got to buy them right now. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not really ready to commit. I got two kids with me. I got my girl with me. Um, not something I really want right now. But can you do me a favor? Is there a, a good restaurant around here? And so he's like, oh, yeah, just over here, Hell's Kitchen, great restaurants. You should check out this place. He gave me like two or three suggestions. I was like, okay, cool. And then he goes on and he's like, oh, and if you want some great views for really cheap of New York City, take the New York City Ferry. That's what the locals take. And you'll be able to get some good views. And I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Thanks a lot, man. I'm, I'm going to head out. He said, wait, wait, wait. So the tickets, uh, are you interested in buying? I said, look, I'm, I'm not going to buy them right now, but let me take a picture and, and I, I'll be able to... To maybe buy them later and he's like well if you buy them later then i'm not going to get commission for it so i look at him and i say well well i'm really sorry man i'm going to be on my way i'm just going to go find something to eat my boy's face just converted like if he wanted to fight and he was like you mean to tell me that i just took my time to give you this valid information and help you out and you're not going to go ahead and help me and i was like what in the fuck is going on? I was like, I'm so sorry, bro. I'm sorry you feel that way. But yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be on my way. And as I walked away, I realized, again, it goes back to somebody who was just being nice and contributing to me, but only because they wanted something else in return. This happens a lot to young men where they go to a bar and they see a girl and they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy her. Let me buy you a drink, girl. And the girl says, thanks a lot, buddy. Goodbye. <laughs> Have a nice evening. And they're on their way. And now these guys are butt hurt and they're pissed off and they might even get into an altercation with the girl because I've seen this before. So what can we do about that where people are constantly wanting something in return? Like, what do you have to say to that dude? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the drinking one specifically is yeah. a great point. I'll, I'll get onto that privately, but in general... Privately. <laughs> in, in, in general, um, the... The situation is you have to be, as I say, you have to be completely okay with everything you do and expecting nothing from anyone else. It's the way we do it. It's a bit different, right? That guy's working a job that he probably doesn't want to work. Yeah. He's probably fed up with the, the resilience that he has mm -hmm. to talk to loads of people. The truth of it is the best people, the people that will get the most business there, we the people that are not even expecting business and just helping people out. Hi, how are you? How's your day going? What do you need? This, go, take it back. You walk back now, in your head, you're like, fuck, 
I might just buy it. Like, she was so nice. She didn't even ask me. I might just buy the comedy tickets and not even go. Yeah. Right? So there's the psychology there. Energy at a pure level can be sensed. Mm. And I, uh, I always say when you go to a girl expecting absolutely nothing and just being present and enjoying the interaction, you've got a much, much higher chance because one, it's going to change the way you approach it and your language and the pressure you put on yourself. And two, it's going to make her feel more comfortable and you're going to enjoy the interaction. You've got much, much more chance of securing numbers, securing anything you want to you want to secure. The bar's a funny one because I think on both parts it's wrong. I think as a girl, where you know the game, you shouldn't be accepting drinks off of, of guys if you're not willing to, to entertain them. They're not like... Robin Hood didn't just step in the fucking club. <laughs> yeah, which is not, he yeah. didn't have some cape and a, and, and a yeah. fox nose, right? He wants to fuck you. Yeah. So you knowing that he wants to fuck you, not even he wants to date you, he wants to fuck you that same night. Just say no, thank you, I'm okay. Or as a man, I, I would never ever buy a girl a drink in a, in a bar. Um, I try, it's very difficult because girl's standards are so high and my standards for myself are so high so i like to do nice things but i try and minimize what i'm doing on the first date in, in, in terms of spending um to make sure a woman's intentions are clear it's different when you have a status because they know that status usually comes with money etc 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 however i lose 50 percent minimum probably looking at more of potential dates with girls by telling them we're going to go for a coffee and I will get a reply a lot of a lot of the time, the same reply. Um, coffee? I don't do coffee dates. Like, what do you mean take, we can go for dinner or something? And my reply would be the same thing. You have a nice day. That's <laughs> I think that's awesome advice for young guys is the fact that you don't have to overspend on anyone on the first date because the whole point of it is to interact and get to know one another. But I think women have also been like bamboozled into thinking that they need to be swept off their feet on this first day when that's bullshit, right? That's all butterflies and, and like the honeymoon phase. You got to get to know somebody, interact on a human level, on a social level, get to know their interests, what their hobbies are, what their mentality is before I take you to gecko, right? you know? Like, right. And, and drop 400 bucks on the You don't even dinner. need to buy the, the coffee. is just so you can have a place, a warm place to sit. You that's don't even it. need to buy the coffee. I can sit here. I can have a conversation with you. I'm going a, I'm to a show you something that I like on a daily routine of mine. I drink a lot of coffee. Second of all, you don't have to dress up in a crazy dress. I can see you in something that you'd normally wear on a normal day with two normal people having a normal interaction. And I have had all of my best day, all of my best dates on a coffee date. Some I've even gone and said, you know what? I'm hungry. Let's go get some food straight after mm -hmm. because I'm so invested in, the, in this woman and, and she's so amazing. Thing with me is it's my intentions with coffee dates are slightly different. I want it short. I want it, I want it sweet and I want it... Um, cheap I, I want a, a cheap investment of my time mm -hmm. um so it, it's slightly different where i'm like half an hour in and out great high energy cut it off five dollars spent beautiful and uh, if she wants to see me again it's because she loved my energy it's because mm -hmm. she loved my vibe as i said i could <laughs> we can go to paris for a first day it's, it's not gonna let me or allow me to know that your intentions with me are serious um yeah, society's going a long way. I, I wouldn't even necessarily blame it on girls and think they ask for too much or whatever. They're being trained to do it just as guys, broke guys will be taking girls to fancy restaurants because they think they have to keep up. So it's it's on both sides, everyone's a bit muddled up right now. But isn't that very common in India where they spend like, I don't know how much of their life savings on, on their wedding day? You don't know, know that? Yeah, yeah. They, no. they, they spend a fortune on their wedding day to impress their partner. Um, but then they're in debt for the rest of their lives. 
It makes no sense, right? They got three kids. They're like, you're going to have to wait for your Christmas presents. Mommy's got a ring on her finger. Yeah, we, she has a <laughs> ring on her finger. We had a beautiful seven-day wedding that everybody partied and had a great time. And now we're in debt for the rest of our lives. Yeah. I mean, uh, agreements, huh? Agreements. Agreements. <laughs> Marriage is one agreement that I think is uh, completely completely overrated as of school. It's, yeah. You know. do, you tap, do you tap more into... Um, single dudes and how they approach women or do you tap into also relationships no more more single guys and and how they're approaching and and sorting their life i think a guy in a relationship is generally a bit more trapped and less open-minded um i wouldn't call myself a dating coach i don't what would you call yourself (laughs) (laughs) you set yourself up (laughs) i did i did um i'd call myself someone with a capability to open your eyes i think everyone walks around eye opener i am the eye opener because everyone walks around we're born with our eyes squinted we're not born with our eyes open we look like we have our eyes open but we continuously walk around with our eyes squinted and opening your eyes is a choice um i consider myself someone who is has the ability and has the knowledge and has the power to change a man's life forever um and and completely open his eyes to to the realism of of the world which tells him not to prioritize saving money for a wedding and beginning that the prioritizes not going and buying girls drinks at a bar when you don't need to, uh, but prioritizes the man, how he, he holds himself, how he develops himself, how he works on himself to be a protector, to be a provider, to be a good father, to be a good husband, to be someone who can hold an extremely strong purpose in his own life. How do you deal? How do you? I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old man. No, how old are you for real? You, really, I'm an old man. You don't want to reveal this? How, how would you think I am? I have. No, I I would. I thought younger than thirty, but I'm not even sure. I wouldn't be offended. Take a guess. I, the, oh, I would say twenty. I would say thirty. Thirty years old. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Why? How old are you? You might kick me off when I tell you. I won't tell you. <laughs> I, I, mean, I won't kick you off. I'm 22. That's amazing. That's why I was asking because your level of maturity. I'm 40 years old. I'm 40. Right. No, you look it's, good. It's you look, he was fishing that. You look good, bro. No, 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 no. I, I'm telling you, it's no. I'm not fishing at all. And the reason I'm I'm, I'm emphasizing I am 40 is because it it has taken me a long time to develop the mentality that you have at 22. It has taken me years of school, education, um, embracing myself as a person, uh, seeking purpose in life, becoming a father, failing at relationships, losing a uh, jobs. Um, Going through a lot of struggles before I achieved this status. Everything you just said was something that happened. Not yeah. something that you thought or mm. something that you watched. It was something that happened physically. Yeah. I'm in a super fortunate position. Now, I'll tell you why I'm fortunate. Because I don't believe in much luck. I'm fortunate because I've had situations and opportunities to go through situations. Every time I've had the balls to put myself in them. But I've just had an extremely chaotic life for a 22-year-old. And through in the past three years when I really opened my eyes to what was going on very young, which I'm extremely happy about. Um, I just thought every single thing I can possibly, every black hole I can put myself in, I'm going to dive straight in head first and not look back. And then I'm going to find a fucking way out of the black hole because I know when I find it, when I, when I get out all that climbing, my shoulders are going to be like this. And then I'm going to find a different one and I'm going to pull my way out of it. And now my biceps are going to be like this. And now ABC and, and, and you're a, you're a strong man suddenly. You mentioned that you've been through a lot in your life. I looked online. I really, I, maybe I didn't look enough, but 
tell me a little bit about your life and what brought you to this. You say that you've been through some dark situations, some dark places. It, it's more of, it's more of a. I'm not one to to, to moan about anything that's happening. I'm not asking you to moan. I, 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 I want to understand your life. <laughs> I want to understand you and what brought you to this at the age of 22. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As I said, it it's all because of the action, and and maybe that was intuitive of me. Oh, my mom would be proud of me using words like intuitive. <laughs> maybe it was intuitive of me to take action on th certain things, but that just became a very good habit when I understood the importance of it. So when I say a chaotic life, it's very much been, if you saw the last like five years of my life and what I've accomplished, bad and good, what I've failed in, what I've done, take it this way, 17, I was running my first business. I don't know if you know, like it's maybe similar here. In London, 90% of kids, excuse me, are coming out of school or university at 23. I haven't even touched it yet. I haven't even got to 23 and people are still in uni, addicted to cocaine and um, begging on, on, on the girl next door. Mm -hmm. By this time, I failed in numerous businesses. I've opened numerous businesses. I've learned so much about relationships. I've learned so much about the human body. I've had massive setbacks in terms of uh, achieving what I want to achieve with my, I'm a very physically active person. I've had loads of injuries to stop me from doing it. I made every excuse under the sun to stop myself from, from getting better. Oh, the physio told me to do this, but it's not right. And this physio is lying to me and blah, 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 blah. I could have found a way to achieve it, but I wanted someone to write out a fucking baby steps on how to, to rehabilitate myself. Um, so it's more the, the chaos rather than something dramatic happened in my life where I was I was stuck in a dark hole. As I said, most of the dark holes that I had in my life, I jumped in head first, mm. knowing exactly what was going on in there because I trusted myself to be able to run out of it. And the trust comes with the confidence, which comes with the taking action. When you build that confidence- I'm gonna press yourself, you a little bit more, Diego. Diego, what? Okay, what, are your, what do your parents do for a living? Uh, my parents, uh, uh, my dad's uh, an IT manager, works in IT. Okay. My mom is in and out of accountancy. She's a she's an amazing woman. I have very two beautiful and lucky and amazing parents uh, who have an amazing balance and traditional relationship, which has provided a possibility for a very, very comfortable and good life for me, which I've chosen to turn upside down and turn <laughs> extremely uncomfortable and chaotic. And so that's why I was going to ask you, because I've seen you jumping from city to city. So how are you able to sustain yourself? And I know that you have developed this quantum risics, um, but I, and and obviously you have a good social media following, but how are you able to continue to do this you're, at twenty two? You're Is, talking about financially? Yeah, financially. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's all me. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no, <laughs> there's there's, uh, there's never been daddy's money squeezing in ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, through through what I've done, I've created businesses and monetized everything I do and found a way to monetize it which allows me to have the freedom to, to travel and put myself in more uncomfortable situations and be in weird places and live in places like Mexico where people can step into your house and take your laptop and iPad. So that's all on me. Uh, as I said, I had my first business when I was, um, I've been working since a lot younger. I've always been a hustler. I got that from my dad. I'm super, super grateful from that with my dad. He was like, you can save a dollar here, save a dollar here. Traditional. Yeah, I don't believe in course. that now. I, we've been opened to the fact that like making more money is so much easier than saving money. Yeah. My dad was like, we can save a dollar on this one, I'm gonna get this one. We can uh, we can make a dollar here, make a dollar here. 
like so I was uh, doing paper rounds, whatever. Seventeen, I had my first business. What kind of businesses? Uh, so in terms of my my career journey, always working like um, NPC jobs as well. Always what's working. It, I'm sorry, what's NPC? So like for other people, like working under other people. Okay. Like a non-player character. Oh, okay. Like oh, robotic, oh, non-player character. Being yeah. told what to do. Got you. Being told what hours I can start, finish, blah blah blah. So I've always done that as well. I had a football coaching business uh, when I was um, seventeen because I was working for other people coaching and I, I saw, I've always searched for money. I saw money, I don't anymore, I search for purpose. But growing up with that hustler's mentality, I was like, there's money, how do I get that into my pocket? Uh, when I was younger, it was all in the old people. When I was like 17, all the old people had the money. So I went, all right, how do I get her money? They, they love spending on their kids. I'm going to play on their kids. I'm going to be the best football coach I can, mm -hmm. I can do. I'm going to make their kids have an extremely amazing experience and great time uh, and, and fall in love with, with the sport. So I can, I can do, and I was making like at 17, like what's for $40, $60 an hour. Mm. So that's great. For yeah, 17 hour, that's like in England, that's uh, that, that's super good. Tax free as well. Exactly. Cash. Yeah, it's cash. That, that shit was cash. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason, let me tell you, I, I'm pressing you and I'm asking you because um, in the past three years, like I said, I opened my business and now I've realized that I really enjoy, I stopped seeing patients um, two years ago because I just, began to focus on the business. And I think my goal now is just, um, I, I, I kind of have this goal of being a serial entrepreneur and I want to jump into different sectors, right? It's addictive. It's, it's so cool to build a team around you and to see something grow um, and to develop marketing strategies and to set up the operations. And, and people are like, oh, you're the CEO, you don't do nothing. This shit is on my mind all day, all night. I go to the beach, it's on my mind. I'm thinking about... How do I develop this? How do I make this better? Uh, how else can I market? How can I get more people in the door? How can I make the, the product even better? How can I make sure that my Google reviews are amazing, right? So these are all these things that I want to do. And so I'm asking you as a 22-year-old who's telling me you've had multiple businesses. So I'm like, shit, I, I got some work to do. <laughs> this is my first one. Yeah, I mean... Uh Something that something that like Gary V says quite well is that you're never too too old. That's I, my boy. I, I I twist it a bit, and I'd say he's a little bit too relaxed, but his message is completely right. Like you are never too old, but like start like get to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So um, no, but he's very right. As I said, I did business the wrong way, but I was successful with it. And as I said before, I worked into in, in directly in social media. I was working behind the scenes in social media because I found out that there were big businesses that wanted to be online that didn't know how to do it and they had a lot of money and some business i'm talking about hundreds hundreds of, of years old businesses that now saw the new shop next door that has a social media page and looks cool and they've got a marketing budget of a million dollars and they just want to be on social media i know 60 year old men that have a property company they're just like i want to have an instagram looks cool you want twenty thousand dollars this month to, to to make me an instagram and do this so i found that out very quickly that there was a lot of people that just wanted to be cool on social media and relevant because when these men have made so much money, they start to look for other things to, to excite them and to make them happy. That's um, so that's something I did uh, after the coaching business. Again, always working uh, a nine to five until about 20 and a half years old when I started to travel a bit more and I went full time into the marketing stuff. And as soon as I went like full time into the marketing stuff, because an eight hour shift isn't enough for me, I always need like a 16 hour workday. I then went, right, so I need to start another side hustle on top of my original side hustle, which is now my full hustle. Uh, so that's when I started making videos online and uh, 
to the grace of God, now I have I have a, another full time job and many other side hustles to come that I'm sure will take over. And, and hopefully, like you're saying, I can I don't have much experience as you do in that building a team. But I'm sure it's it's as beautiful as you say. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Again, there's a lot of failures. There's a lot of people that you hire. What I've learned is hire fast, fire fast. And then somebody I, I learned actually in the gym, um, Delta. Um, so dependability. Uh, what is it? Oh shit, I forgot dependability, energy, loyalty, teamwork, and attitude. And if they're missing any one of those, then they don't belong. With, oh, I'm sorry. Education is the E, not energy. Uh, and it, it's true. And then hire fast, fire fast. I've had to hire people and let them go because I realized that they don't fit the culture. Um, they don't really care about what they're doing or the patients that they're serving, or they don't care about what we're trying to do in here and the culture we're trying to build. So um, but you can't do that with like love loss. You can't be angry at them, you know, for not having the same passion that you have for you. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, I'll tell you a quick story about I hope George listens to this. Uh, George worked front desk. George did not have much patience for people. And he is the face of the company. When you call, he is the one who was answering the phone. I have a team of three people. <laughs> oh, what the fuck yeah. do you want now? <laughs> so he would, he often got into conflicts with people, but his, his conflict resolution was there and his energy was a little bit different. And I pulled George aside a couple of times. His passion was meteorology. So after like the third time, I sat George in that conference room over there. And I said, hey, George, man, um, I, I, I pulled out a letter basically saying, hey, I'm going to terminate you. I'm letting you go. And I said, I'm not letting you go because you're not good. You're just not a good fit here. And I told him, I said, you love meteorology. And I, I encourage you to pursue that because that is where your passion is. He would tell me about the angle of the sun and why that front room was heating up so much during a certain time of the year and be like, don't worry, next month, this is going to be fine. And I'll be like, <laughs> okay, George. Yeah, good job, George. <laughs> but guess what? George right now today is living in Indiana, working the meteorology job that he wanted. So had I kept him here, all I was doing was holding him back from the thing he actually wanted to do. And he was unhappy here and he's happy where he's at now. But I let him go with love and compassion because when I let him go, he was sad. He was hurt. And he said, do I have to leave right now? I said, no, man. Go. You could go talk to everybody. If you want, leave at the end of the day. You're good. We're good. And I care about you. And if you need anything, I'm here for you. So it was never like this, this thing where it was like I'm crushing you and, and get the hell out. It was more like you're an awesome guy. This is just not the right role for you. And I want you to go pursue that thing. And, and I think that's the way it is because when you're working with people, you got to look. Yeah, sure. Is George helping me with a means to an end? Yes. But I have to t treat him like a human. Otherwise, I'm just a piece of shit who goes online talking about love and compassion for people and empowering people and hope and encouragement. And then I'm fucking crushing people here behind closed doors. That's bullshit. That's hypocrisy. And that's not what I'm about. So anyhow, that's my story with George. Shout out to George. Shout out to George <laughs> in Indiana. So what has you, you mentioned having multiple failures? What has been your biggest failure? Um, as I said, everything happened just a bit younger. So I know how weird it sounds when I'm talking about stuff happening in my life and psychologically defeating me when I was 17. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of my time as a kid playing decent level football. Okay. Always surrounded by people who were better at football than me. But I had an incre incredible work ethic. And I was holding on to that dream of being that one guy that was never that, that, that hero story that was never that good at football. But I made it to the top level just through dedication. Because they say you in sport, you know, you need that natural, that natural talent. And I was like, I'm going to change the script. I worked so hot. My mindset was so strong in this, 
in the competitive aspect, I lacked a lot in other aspects, but in the competitive aspect, emotional, I lacked. In the competitive aspect for like a 16, 17 year old, I was incredible. I was working silly hours. My mum would struggle to let me leave the house as early as I did. She'd be like, it's dark, you can't go now. I'd take my bike. Um, it was a bit too long. I'd take my bike and like make sure I got early on the bus where there was no one on there so I could take my bike on the bus because you're not allowed to do that in England. Get off at the at the station, ride to uh, ride to the school that I was going to, at studying at, that also had the football program that I was on. Get to the gym. This is 16, it's not normal to be yeah. obsessive. Get to the gym for like six o'clock, so I'd be leaving the house at like five. Um, before school train, change, shower, do whatever I need to do before school, go to school. Football training after school, straight after football training hit the gym another time always twice a day when i was 16 17 which now is obviously just crazy and stupid um and football training and then after that i'd work my coaching job with the team i was playing with like i worked after that between like 5 p.m and 8 p.m and then i get home at, at whatever time i'd cycle to the bus get the bus or i'd cycle all the way home so maybe 10 p.m it's not normal for a 16 year old kid to be leaving the house at five and getting in at 10 mm -hmm. but i was i was so obsessed and um Eventually, when I got the injury, along with already not really being that great, it wasn't like I got the injury like, no, this boy is, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, protect him, send him to Serbia to get a groin replacement. Yeah. We need him. <laughs> it was almost like, yeah, okay, he's injured. Well, he was, he was doing a good effort. And that crushed me because uh, my dad played really good level football as well when he was younger. And he always told me, you know, it's, it's not like that in football. It's a harsh world. Make sure you've you've got your other options, mm. and just to look at my dad and be like, "Dad, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm not investing this time like an idiot. I know what you're saying, but I'm 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 serious." So that was a, a killer for me. That's awesome though. That through sport, it taught you a life lesson that at 22 now is carrying so much weight because you had invested all of yourself into this sport. You loved the sport. You had passion for the sport. You knew that you didn't have the exact skill set, but you thought you could out outwork it. And then you learned the lesson that took me a lot, uh, much longer to learn at a very young age, which was life doesn't give a shit. Um, and sometimes it, it just it kicks you in the straight in the chest and tells you to sit down. And like your dad said, you better have. People say don't have Plan B. Um, I don't believe that. I think you should always have something else to fall back on look you see my photography here i'm not fucking blowing up as a photographer I, it's my passion i love it it's not going to pay my bills it's not going to put my daughter through school it's it's not going to pay the roof over my head it's not going to pay for this office now am i still going to pursue it sure but my bread and butter is this office i would be stupid i would be stupid to drop everything and just pursue photography blindly I'd rather build this up real nice, have a cushion, and then try to pursue that. Maybe you maybe disagree, please, by all means. But that's just my mentality. Yeah, there's way around it. No, plan B every single, every single time. Because when you fail plan A, part of the the cycle I was talking about, the reaction to the action is, could I have a plan B next time? Yeah. When when I say I'm gonna I'm gonna work out today, I need to find a gym in Miami. I need to find two gyms in case one is closed. That's, mm. a, that's a plan B, it's just being ready. Yes, sometimes it takes 10 more minutes. In your situation, it's, it's difficult. Maybe if photography is your ultimate passion, that's your plan A and your plan B is what you're doing now, mm -hmm. but your plan B, you're doing to a stage where you can get this whole company running on its own mm -hmm. 
in the in the hope and the dream to pursue photography. So maybe plan B is your actual plan A. You're just incorporating both, but you have to survive 100%. And I tell people all the time, especially young people, I'm no one to kill your dreams. I'm no one to say, don't chase them. Mm -hmm. You have to survive in this world, right? And and that you have time, you have 16 hours a day. If you sleep a healthy eight hours a day, you have 16, which means two full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. So don't ever let anyone tell you that there's not time to do anything. You can put even more because a full-time job, what with a lunch break is seven hours. Do your nine to five, schedule in the gym, sleep six hours. You got 18 hours, go, uh, you know, two hours in the gym, six, there's time, right? There's just not time if you want to spend it all on, on, on PlayStation and, and going out partying. Unfortunately, there are sacrifices you have to make and then sacrifice might not even have to pay off. Just like that guy stopping you in the street in New York. The sacrifice of him, his time to explain to you to to uh, where to go and some good good spots, he needs to be okay with accepting that that sacrifice might not pay off. But you got to do it because what the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah. What else are you going to do? Diego, it's been awesome talking to you. Before uh, before we cut this short, what, what message, if any, do you want to send the people out there listening? You got a lot of young guys who are very impressionable, being steered the wrong way. And I feel like your message uh, empowers them and gives them a, a, some sense of direction to pursue more, to fail, to find, to, to progress, to move forward. So give them some words. I think we've covered a lot of important stuff here. Yeah. Both of us. Um, playing on the word of impressionable, this is my message as they're watching on YouTube or whatever it is right now they're watching. The message would be, that whatever you are watching, whatever message you want to take from an online perspective, apply it to your life, see where it fits in. Even everything that I'm saying and you're saying and Andrew Tate is saying and whoever is saying, see how it applies to your life and take what you need to take from it. Being impressionable isn't about, he said this, I need to do this. It's he said this, what can I learn from that? How can I apply that to my life to better my life? Is it gonna better my life? One, two, three, dots connect. Okay, I'm going to implement it. Rather than saying, he said this, I'm going to do it. I'm now a, a, a top G with no money in my bank account and blah, blah, blah. So uh, think about things, ask questions and, and implement something in your life. Personally, I think is a, is a, good, is a good message to, to go out on. I agree, man. I, and I think the, the essence of what you're saying is taking action in the end. Because sitting down, watching all these YouTube videos and getting inspired doesn't do anything if you don't actually take that step. Hey, Diego, I don't know how we found or how you found me or how I found you, but you're 22. I think you got the world ahead of you. You've inspired me, and, and I just appreciate you taking the time to come here and, and hang out. My Pre man. Appreciate you. Hey, <laughs> guys, again, at Diego Day. Check him out. Quantum Rizics, if you want to Google it, look him up. Check out his website. And that's it. Dr. Adrian Massa signing off. Take it easy, guys. Let's.